Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets never forget the boundary. I am covering a series entitled Boundaries. My aim for this series is to provide encouragement and insight for individuals who need to set boundaries. And if you've set boundaries, don't think that you did something wrong just because you feel wrong or somebody feels wronged by you. Feel free to listen to part one of this series as I jump into today's motivational aim. Never forget the reason for the boundary. So let's go straight to the word of God. I encourage you to read 1 Samuel the 18th chapter to the 20th chapter. But let me give you some background information. For those who already know the story, bear with me for a bit. Okay. In part one of this series, I shared how God made Saul king over his people. Saul did not follow God's instructions. So God enforced a boundary with Saul where Saul could no longer serve as king. And in addition to that boundary, Samuel, the man of God, enforced a boundary with Saul where he was no longer connected or in communication with Saul. Now, when God enforced that boundary, Saul had to go through the consequences of what it means to reject God. And what he went through was broken relationships, broken opportunities, leadership status stripped away because Saul did not do what God told him to do. Samuel, his advisor and friend, never talked to him again. So that possibly played a lot on Saul's mind. And when you read the passages of Scripture, you will discover that Saul had a lot of mental conditions, a lot of mental issues. And anyone who deliberately rejects God will have some moments where they're thinking about what they did. Their behavior and moods will shift. And then it's even worse when God takes his presence away from them. So they don't even get an indicator that God is even listening to anything that they're saying. They are going through tough times. It's rough. They are alone. And if we're honest, we can think about times where we felt isolated or not even felt. We were isolated. And that impacted our mind. It impacted our schedule, our thought process. So Saul was going through it. He couldn't talk to his friend, the person who provided all this wisdom and insight in his life. He was no longer in communication with him. If he had an idea, if he had a question, he wanted to bounce off or bounce to Samuel. He couldn't do that anymore. And it was because something he did. He was going through it. He couldn't talk to Samuel, as I just stated. He couldn't get to Samuel. Samuel enforced boundaries, and he stuck to those boundaries. 
And then time passes. Saul, he's still king, but things are not the same. Saul has no peace. He was not a pleasant person to be around. He was on edge, flustered, jumpy. He lacked confidence. He thought everybody was plotting on him. He lived by the sword. Oh, okay. Saul lived by the sword. He took his boys everywhere he went because he was paranoid. He kept looking over his shoulder and peeping around corners. His mom was playing tricks on him. So I guess it's safe to say Saul was really going through it. All because of the decisions he made. And he had a clear understanding that at any moment his kingship would be up. He just didn't know when. He had anxiety attacks. And years prior, God told Samuel to anoint David, who was a young man, to be king in Saul's place. So Samuel does what God tells him to do. He anoints David to be king. A significant amount of time passes before Saul has an inkling that David could be the next king. So, of course, Saul is jealous. He's envious. He's upset that he squandered his talent and God was giving his position to someone else. And David, he was prosperous and he was successful in everything he put his hands to. Everything he did was successful. And Saul took notice of David when he killed Goliath. When David killed Goliath, Saul did not let him return to his father's house. David was now a part of Saul's army and he was successful in everything Saul sent him to do. And since David was favored and successful, Saul promoted David. And Saul's servants liked David. And people of the city sang and danced with shouts of joy regarding all of David's accomplishments. Saul was furious that David was receiving all of this favor and recognition from people. And then Saul started watching David with a jealous eye. And then he was thinking, man, what more can David have but this kingdom? And if you think about it, that's how jealousy sometimes starts. It's when someone doesn't have something, someone is operating in pride, and they are upset that someone else is utilizing the talents God gave them, but they want the glory and they want the praise. Now, in Saul's case, he was jealous, he was bitter, he was angry, and he was disobedient to God. So that was a wicked mixture going on. And anyone swimming and operating in a mixture like that, they will attack anyone who is obedient to God. They will attack anyone who is prosperous in anything. Now, as the chapters progress, we find out that one day an evil spirit sent from God came powerfully on Saul. And he began to rave inside the palace. So he was going crazy, yelling, screaming, throwing stuff. 
just displaying a uncontrollable tantrum. Saul is going through this fit of rage, and David was playing an instrument. And this was nothing new for David because whenever Saul went through these fits of rage, David would play this instrument, and it was therapeutic for him. It would calm him down. So David's playing the instrument, but Saul wasn't calm. Saul got a spear, and he threw it at David, thinking, man, I'll pin David to the wall. But David got away from him twice. So just reading that, Saul tried to kill David twice in that setting alone. So he was mad. But Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, and the Lord had left Saul. The Lord enforced a boundary with Saul. Then Saul sent David away. Okay, so let me fast forward and recap real quick. Saul tried to kill David twice with a spear. He did this when they were alone because he was upset that the Lord was with David, but the Lord had left him. Saul then sent David in battle hoping that he would die against God's enemies, but David was successful and protected, so that didn't work. Then Saul gives his daughter in marriage to David with the intent for his daughter to be a snare for him. So he set his daughter up to really distract David, to cause problems in his life. And for him to do that, he knew his child. He knew what his child was about, but it didn't work. And then Saul ordered that Jonathan... And his servants, which was, Jonathan was Saul's son. So Saul ordered that Jonathan and his servants kill David. But David set up a boundary and got away from Saul. David saw that this man wanted to kill him. And he did it time and time again. He abused him. He used him. He tricked him. He put him in these positions to die. And Saul put him in position so he would fall fail and falter. But every time, David would succeed because God was with David. But David, he utilized discernment and he enforced a boundary and got away from Saul. He didn't play with Saul. He didn't try to convince Saul that he was a good person. Saul, don't do me wrong. Saul, let's pray, Saul. I can pray for you, Saul. Let's let's talk it out. Let's hash it out, Saul. Let's lay it on the table, Saul. I mean, hopefully I can project my good qualities on you if you just stick with me. I'm a good influence, Saul. I mean, you see that I'm an asset to your, your team and your troops. Saul, I'll be there for you always. And then you'll value me, Saul. Just... Just look at it from my point of view, Saul. I, I'm just trying to help you. No. <laughs> no. We know David stuck around for a little bit, but after that spear situation with Saul, I'm pretty sure he got a revelation. And when he got the revelation, he enforced a boundary. And when he left, he was on the run. He ran away. And how many of you have been in a situation where someone is doing things apart from God, 
They are operating in wickedness, bitterness, jealousy, pride, and confusion. And they can't stand that God is with you. They don't like the fact that you are blessed. You are so blessed that you're even blessing them. Just like David was doing for Saul. David was blessing Saul. Saul received benefits and rewards by David being in his company. But Saul did not like that because he was favored by God. He did not like that David was favored by God and man. David was successful in everything he put his hands on, as I stated earlier. He had this anointing on his life that Saul didn't have. And Saul wanted to kill that light on the inside of David. And how many of you are walking and living in God's light? And people see you and they want to kill you. They want to kill your opportunities. They are hemming you up. They are pointing their spears at you. They are trying to stab you. But you escape from them every time. But you're still doing right by them. But they want you out of here. They want you gone. They'll kill you with harsh words, mean statements. They'll try to kill your reputation with lies. They'll try to kill any relationships and connections you have with rumors. They'll try to kill your connections with chaos. They'll do anything to put you in a trap, even if it means bringing scandals, schemes, and illegal activity in your home or around you so that the praises you received from others die. It dies. And they do it over and over and over again. And as you test it, you're praying to God consistently for wisdom, insight, revelation, and discernment. And God shows you, yeah, they are doing that. They want to get rid of you because I'm with you. I have favored you. Yes, they are scared of you, but they don't want to admit it. Yes, they want to kill everything about you because you are a constant reminder of God's grace, goodness, and blessings. When God shows you the fruit of someone's actions, when God shows you what people are producing and why the fruit they produce cannot be consumed and how dangerous it is to anyone who comes in contact with it, run away from them. Set the boundary just like David did. David ran away and that was the boundary. And by running away, he was able to think on why he had to run away. He never forgot why he set the boundaries in the first place. Sometimes that is what a boundary looks like. It looks like running away from someone or something. Whether somebody is physically taking off in a sprint or they're mentally running away from the things that held them back. It's important to run away from the drama with any person, run away from being tied to somebody's disobedience and actions, run away from people having the wrong people, run away from the wrong people having access to you, run away. 
And if you run away and you think, man, you know, why am I running? Because sometimes that happens too. You're running so hard. You're running so fast. You start getting tired and you see what you're running away from. And things don't look the same. Things aren't familiar. You're on this new route that you're running away on. And you find out, man, it's it's kind of quiet out here. And I'm, I'm running on this road by myself. I mean, it's kind of tough on this road I'm running on. It's kind of hard running away and enforcing boundaries. Was it that bad? I mean, did I run away too quick? Did I run away prematurely? Man. I mean, maybe it wasn't that bad. Whenever you enforce a boundary and you start thinking, man, why did I enforce this boundary? Go to the memory bank so your mind will refresh you. And if you are still stuck on why did I enforce the boundary, ask God to remind you, Lord, Why did I enforce this boundary again? He will remind you. He will remind you. You enforced this boundary because I told you to run away from the toxicity. I told you to run away from the mess. Those people tried to kill you. That's why I told you to run away. Whether you run away or walk away. You can't worry about what people will say. Okay, (laughs) it's a nice little rhyme. And you might be like, man, you know, this is kind of tough. And you might even hear people say, man, you were so prosperous when you were with that person. When you were with them, you had all of this notoriety. Everybody knew you. You were so successful with that team and that company. Remember all of the perks you had? Man, you were crazy for leaving. I wouldn't have left. I would have just stuck with that. See, it's easy for people to say what they would have done when they have never been in a situation like that. Because if the tables were turned, they would have passed out. They wouldn't even have the courage to leave. They would not have had the faith you had, trusting God to work everything out as you Obey what he told you to do in enforcing the boundary. You can't focus on people's shoulda, woulda, couldas, and they cannot relate with you. When you set these boundaries and people have something to say, you can't worry about that. You'll even have some people tell you, just come back, it's not that bad. I mean, he would never do that or they would never do that. They're not like that. But you were alone with that person on several occasions and you've seen them operate in a manner or act in a manner that is detestable. You know God allowed you to see it. The people who were telling you to come back on in, they didn't see that. God gave you an exclusive up close and personal meet and greet with the person you need to enforce a boundary with 
Which one will you do? Will you listen to what people are telling you? Oh, they're not that bad. Come on back. When you saw it for yourself and you experienced it? Or are you going to listen to God and take heed to what God showed you? You have to dismiss this. Hey, come, he's not that bad. He was just mad. I mean, I know you said that he tried to kill you. I know you said that they was gossiping about you and stealing your money. I know you said that, but they didn't mean it. They were just going through something. Okay, you go through things and you're not going out trying to kill people. You go through a lot, but you're not trying to steal anybody's money. You go through a lot and you're not trying to kill somebody's reputation. When you go through, you just go through. Why should somebody make a pass and acquiesce to somebody's immoral behavior? No. You have to look at what God showed you. God showed you the fruit. He didn't hide it. He showed you. What are you going to do? If you ran away, if you left people alone, leave them alone. If God didn't tell you to run back to them, if God did not tell you to check on them, if God did not tell you to walk back to them, if God did not tell you to crawl to them, if God did not tell you to skip to them, don't go back. And never forget why you set the boundary. This has nothing to do with unforgiveness. You can forgive them. But you need to remember why the boundary was set. You can forgive them. You don't have to be mean to them. You don't have to be nasty. You don't have to be disrespectful. But you can keep that boundary in place. You might have a gratitude journal, thanking God for everything you did. And you might have a little journal on why I set a boundary. Put the person's name. I set a boundary because of bam, 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 boom. So if they send you stuff and they're letting you know, I was just thinking about you. Everything okay? How's your mama? How's your daddy? How the kids? Oh, how's your spouse? How's your loved one? Everything job going okay I heard what you was doing you know God is really coming through for you I just want to sow into you give you give you some money you know give them that seed back especially if God told you to give the seed back give it back and then just because you feel good God didn't tell you to talk to him God said to keep that boundary there If God told you to keep the boundary, don't focus on what they're showing you. You have to go off the fruit. We're not looking at leaves. We're looking to see what's produced. And even in all that flattery, no fruit was still produced. Go back to your journal of why you set the boundary. Refresh your memory and get back on target. And love them from a distance. You have to remember why you set the boundary. You don't have the time or the luxury to forget. And you have to be okay with people calling you crazy. You have to be okay with people lying on you. 
You have to be okay with people making it look like that you just ran away from all of these opportunities. Something is wrong with you. You had that good job. You had that spouse. Boy, that was a good-looking spouse. Oh, you was with them? Why you leave them? See, these people don't know what was going on behind closed doors when somebody was trying to kill you. And all you were doing was trying to comfort them. Set the boundary. If God told you to enforce the boundary, adhere and stick with the boundary. Oh my gosh, you ran away from that? Oh man. I mean, yeah, yes, you ran away from it. And nobody should think twice about running away from anything God is not connected to. If God isn't connected to it, you should be running away from it. And if God told you, run, run away from that, run. Don't allow what people are telling you who didn't go through what you went through cause you and influence you to not remember why you set up a boundary in the first place. You have some people looking at things from the outside saying, just go back. Go back. I mean, they they really miss you. They really miss you. Oh, no, but you know the fruit. I already went through that by five times. No, not doing that again. I went through that twice. No. Okay. No. They said they miss you. She said she want to be your friend again. That friend tried to kill you. Every opportunity that friend, quote unquote, had, she tried to kill you. She put you in dangerous situations. She's jealous of you. She can't stand that you manage your money and you can buy things and still pay your bills. And she won't manage her money. She hates you for that. She tried to kill you. What, what are we doing? <laughs> what, what's going on? Run away. Enforce the boundary. Don't forget. There are too many people on this earth where God can divinely connect you with the right people. But you have to trust God and run away from what he told you to run away from. Your prayer life has to be strong and you have to know God's word for yourself. And you have to know how to apply God's word to your life. God said in Matthew the 7th chapter in the 15th through the 20th verse, Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. Neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by their fruit. 
I don't care how many Bible verses somebody throws at you in order to make you turn around and go back to someone God told you to enforce a boundary with. You better listen to God. God says we know people by their fruit. We know people by what they produce. We know people by what they consistently do. We know people by what is coming out of them. That's Satan's game to get you to move the boundary marker so he can come on in and steal, kill, and destroy you. Never forget why you put the boundary marker up or you enforce the boundary in the first place. I don't care if you start missing people. You start thinking about the good times. You better start thinking about God's word and that fruit that they produced. I mean, you can forgive them, as I said earlier, and let them go to their house while you go to yours. Talk to God about how you feel and stay away from them. You can even take a page out of Samuel's book. You can even go cry to God. But Samuel enforced his boundaries and he still left Saul alone. If there's some Saul's in your life, you need to go ahead and run away from them because they don't want you thriving around them. They don't want your success around them, and you won't have to figure it out either. They will show you, and they will tell people, because they can't contain it. It will not be a guessing game where you think, you know what, I I don't know if they like me or not, or if they're trying to get rid of me or not. I, I just can't tell. You know, they will let it be known. Because they don't want you around them. It's going to come out. And when you enforce a boundary, sometimes that means leaving the job. Now, only leave the job if God told you to leave. And sometimes enforcing boundaries means leaving toxic connections, toxic relationships leaving toxic, quote-unquote, friendships, frenemies. That's an enemy. It's not a friend. Enemy. Straight enemy. Stop hanging around with enemies, calling them your friends. Enforcing boundaries includes leaving that group at work alone. Who cares if they're cool with the boss and they have connections? Mm Mm-mm. Better go to God so he can give you some supernatural favor and you can have some connections that supersede what they have going on. Leave it. Enforce the boundary. Sit alone at work somewhere and be okay. Go to your car. If you don't have a car, go find somewhere in that building or outside and sit alone and be okay. Sit by yourself. Go talk to God about something. Leave those people alone. Sometimes enforcing boundaries means leaving family, leaving opportunities that you thought were something, leaving that school. Only do these things when God confirms to you that he told you to do it. Leaving that store. Sometimes you have to run away and never forget why you enforce boundaries because there are some stores you're not supposed to be shopping at. And what I mean by that is every time you walk in that establishment, it is always a problem. Somebody is disrespecting you. 
but they're taking your money? They're treating you like garbage and you're handing over your money to them? No, there are too many places you can go. Whether that means that you're going to have to drive a couple of miles down the road, go somewhere where people are not trying to kill your pockets, kill your time, kill you in disrespect, enforce a boundary. So that means that there are some stores you might have to leave. There are other places in town to shop and get what you need. Sometimes enforcing a boundary means leaving that beautician. Leave them, leave her alone. She's trying to, she's not even trying. She's killing your scalp. Don't go back to her. She's killing your edges. They're non-existent. Don't go back to her. She's killing your hair length and retention. Leave that person alone and never forget why you enforced a boundary with them. Leave. Run away. God has anointed so many other beauticians in this world. Go ask God to show you where to go and he will lead you to the right one. Leave that dentist alone who is killing your smile and your pockets. There are other dentists around. Leave that pediatrician who is speaking death over your child's development. Leave that cleaners who keeps trying to kill your blouses and your jeans and your suits and your ties by shrinking them and burning them and just tearing stuff up but taking your money. Saying that you did it. That's how you brought it in. And every time you pick up your clothes, there's always a little note on there about what they tried to do. But... They can't fix it. Go to one of the cleaners. Just just stop. They're killing your clothes. They're killing your pockets. Sometimes you will have to leave certain restaurants that consistently kill your overall experience with disrespect. They aren't the only restaurant in town. And I had to do this. Leave the cake lady alone. It's time to leave that cake lady alone who you cannot find. Everybody telling you, man, she make these cakes. What she cakes be good? What they be off the chain? Man, she can make a good sheet cake, good carrot cake. And she affordable, boy. She affordable too. But you gotta find her though, man. When you find her, man, you pay her that money. Boy, that cake gonna be right at your event. And they're right about it. You cannot find that cake lady. But when you do find her, she's got an attitude. Her children have an attitude. And you ask them, the kids, yeah, where your mama at? Because I'm trying to figure out how I can get a carrot cake. And they have an attitude and they, what you want? No, never mind. Never mind. I, I don't want you or your mama fixing nothing for me.
It's unacceptable that y'all don't have a website. Y'all don't have any business cards. And even if you didn't have a website, y'all don't even have a Facebook page, a social media page, something for free. Yeah, I'm thrilled. Leave them alone. Because they're killing people. Well, I left them alone. But if anybody experiencing a cake lady who has an attitude like that, they are killing you with that attitude. They're killing your pockets because you on this excursion looking for them. They like the chase. I don't like the chase. I like organization. No. Enforce a boundary. Here's another one. Leave that, ladies, leave that nail shop that is killing your cuticles in your nail bed. Leave them alone. There are other nail shops around who treat people and their nails and their cuticles with respect. Also, leave that eyebrow shop alone who's killing your time. They refuse to get there on time to do your eyebrows. They do not keep their appointment. They treat you and everybody else like garbage because they think, I mean, I got skills, so everybody want me to do their eyebrows. Everybody's complaining. Uh Uh-uh. Leave. God has anointed so many other people who know how to do eyebrows where you can go to them. You have to enforce a boundary, or you should enforce a boundary when people are killing your time, your money, your resources, and your peace. And another one, very important one. When God tells you to enforce this boundary, do it. If God tells you to leave those religious people alone, Leave them alone and enforce a boundary. Leave them alone. You have some people who want to kill you and dissect everything you do using God's word, the Bible, as a baseball bat. You can't do anything unless they scrutinize it, evaluate it, to see if it fits into their standard. We don't live by man's standard. We live by God's standard. So if anybody's using God's word, trying to make you feel bad and to crucify you, and then you follow them home, let's say you follow them home, people like that, You'll find out quick, fast, and in a hurry that Satan is their spouse. They're laid up with Satan every night. I'm talking about spooning with Satan. That's how tight and close and intimate they are. Enforce a boundary. Leave people like that alone who are killing your peace, killing your joy, killing your thought process. Never forget, never forget the reason you set the boundary. Always go back to the fruit and what the fruit consistently produces. And test the spirit by the spirit to see what is from God and what is not. 
And when you keep the boundary at the forefront of your mind, people will be upset. People will be upset because you are not forgetting why you enforced boundaries. You're not walking in unforgiveness. You're just not forgetting why you enforced the boundary. It doesn't matter if people are upset, but which one would you rather have? The blessing of God with the boundary or dealing with chaos and confusion without the boundary? And the scripture I would like to leave you with or review with you is the same one I read earlier, Matthew, the seventh chapter and the 15th through the 20th verse. And it reads, be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. Neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, so you'll recognize them by their fruit. Now, you might hear this scripture so many times in this series, but you have to look at the fruit that is before you. God has shown you and he will show you people's fruit. He will show you their actions. He will show you their motives. If you are out here praying for discernment, if you're out here praying for discernment and wisdom, when God shows you, don't dismiss what you see. Don't dismiss what people are producing. Even if people are trying to get you to forget why you enforced a boundary Never forget. Always remember. Go back in your mind. Rewind it. Push play. And then if you have to rewind it again and watch it in slow motion. Do what you have to do so you won't forget why God told you to enforce a boundary and the importance on why you have to stick with it. All right? Be encouraged. I want to thank you for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download some Bible study content I have on the site. You can also order some inspirational apparel. Feel free to check me out on the YouVersion Bible app and on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target. Enjoy the remainder of your day as you never forget why you enforce the boundary as you forgive people. Enforce boundaries with a grin on your face. Peace and God bless.